Hello, you're listening to Kamen Ride with me, a podcast about stun-filled shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington. You can call me Kip, and I'm your expert. This week, we return to Mighty Warfare Power Rangers for Season 3's Ninja Quest. It's morphin' time! Hello everyone, it's me Kip, and this week I'm joined by Blake. Hello Blake. Hey there, uh, you can also call me the Neon Yellow Ranger, aka uh, also known as the uh, the Rave Zord. Okay, like, I was thinking like the like heavy vitamin piss ranger, so that's good. I mean, it, <laughs> you take them all whenever you go for that. Yeah. So Neon Yellow is like a, um, like how Batman has like that like yellow symbol like you want to like take take the attention from the other like rangers right it's more like when you break a glow stick um i i just walk at the front of the party and everybody can see in slightly dark areas so that's that's all i'm good for but yeah i can talk too thanks for having me on the show today <laughs> thanks for coming on and um you have a a, a a podcast of your own right like yeah so I have a, a musical lyric podcast. We go through songs and we break down the lyrics, usually making bad jokes and talking about stuff that has nothing to do with it. So this is new to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, this isn't that different. Um, what we do is we just hear lots of bad music, as you heard in our like show, too, because there's lots of like weird little insert songs for Power Rangers and stuff. Hey, I'd like to I'd like to interject and say the music isn't that bad. Me and my girlfriend watched the shows for this episode, and we were commenting on, like, I miss rock music in TV shows. It sucks that um, you aren't on for the movie, because um, in the movie, they have a wild soundtrack. Like, there's stuff like, there's, like, um, Red Hot Chili Pepper, and They Might Be Giants. Oh, whoa. Then there's, like, a um, weird song where, like, um, so the guy who does the opening for this show... Um, also does like a ton of the music, but I guess on the movie soundtrack, he did a song under like a pseudonym that you could absolutely tell is him. Like it's the least convincing like pseudonym I've ever seen. Only like bolstered by the fact that like he's doing it on the soundtrack for the movie of the only thing he's known for. <laughs> was it like, is his name like Jim Ranger? And on the TV show, he was going to like Tim Stranger. His name is like Ron something and like on the movie soundtrack, like he went by Ash, but he still did the same song. Like it was like some kind of like weird, like um, when you ride a machine and you ride past roses and it was just like the same voice that he's like very distinctive voice that like he has from like the show. So it's kind of like a weird little thing. Mm -hmm. So how long has it been since you've seen Power Rangers? Okay, so this is a... I won't say a first time for me because I had seen it some as a child, but this is kind of more of my introduction to it. Uh, I had to bring my girlfriend in to watch it with me because she is a veteran and she had to explain stuff to me. Mm -hmm. But these episodes, definitely my first time seeing them. So I am a newcomer to this show. 
that's a weird first set of episodes. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we actually um hadn't really talked about Power Rangers until um the regular show that we're watching, Kamen Rider Zero One, um went off air due to COVID and like just recently came back. So like um we had like a weekly show and we had like a lot of space to fill. So it was like, let's get some guests. Let's do this. This is part seven of our um, <laughs> Power Rangers watch because I was way too ambitious. So yeah. And what were the, what were the episodes again this week? Oh uh, yeah. We looked at um, season three of Mighty Warfare Power Rangers um, episodes four through seven, which is the four part Ninja quest arc, which starts season three. Are, are we able to start talking about it? Oh uh, yeah. Let's, um, Move over to our weekly chat. Whenever, whenever we first started it, um, being a newcomer to Power Rangers, I saw the first little bit, and uh, we had, I had agreed to come on the show, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is uh, th- this is much more than I expected." And so I was like, "Well, I guess I got to power through uh, the rest of the shows." But you know, once you get in the mindset, it really hel- helps get through the show. Um, and I feel like the story is where Power Rangers shines through. Uh, if you're an older audience. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff we've been watching, like in the wider genre has been like pretty coherent and like a lot of stuff that's like very watchable for like, for like the general, like shown in anime, like mm. teen all ages range or like has been for adults. So it's been like a weird thing to like come back to power Rangers. That is like a lot thinner, but um, th- they're always doing these weird sports weird sports like it's like this is like a a, like volleyball tournament um one episode was like a science fair one was like a cultural food festival one was like a karate tournament then it got weird then it got like um here's this atv scavenger hunt you have to do and then like here's this ninja competition which like was entirely unrelated to this at all it was like a season before it where it's just like they had to introduce three characters, so they had them be in like a wrestling ring dressed as ninjas. It was really weird. Just a lot of weird stuff they have to invent for this show to like make sense. I, I just want to say I want to go to their high school. Like, if if we can have all those events, then I, I wish I had gone there because I think my events included they would give us smoothies sometimes as we waited outside, and that's a lot less. A fun of a story i guess uh rita would say like oh these kids are having too cool of a beverage outside i must go and prevent that here's my magma monster yeah <laughs> she burned it all and it was okay it was banana and strawberry we didn't want it anyways yeah i don't know just like and there's also other stuff like they had like one episode that was just introduced by like an eight minute rollerblading sequence and like <laughs> this is just the stuff that like we're I'm trying to like get as like the major plot episodes. So like I like um, the last episode of this whole like series is going to be like, and here's some weird episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's one that I, I like added to my like list that I need to edit at some point of like the weird episodes, but it's just like um, there's a monster who turns people into footballs 
including like the Red Rangers like coach uncle that he like really loves. That sounds like a Stephen King book. And I think now that you've said that, that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Pigskin, comma, dadskin. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, so this was my first introduction to, uh, I believe their names are Bulk and Skull. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. And that was, that, they're like right <laughs> off in the beginning of the show with the like zinger of like, oh yeah, do we get sandwiches if we're fans of the winning team? Which was, it, it, it was good. It, I, I actually came to enjoy Bulk and Skull by the end of this uh, little arc. Yeah, they're such a fun little comic relief that, like, I don't know if they exist in anything close to the same way in a modern show, but, like, <laughs> just, like, they're so slapstick, so, like, it's kind of, like, endearing, like, even more as, like, an adult, like, watching them to be like, oh, like, they're doing a lot of work here, but this is, like, um, their, like, face turn, like, this is, like, where they become good guys, because they were, like, bullies really? in season one and in season two they were trying to like unmask the power rangers so like this is like where they become like positive forces i guess because they're trying to join a massive junior police force <laughs> uh, i think it's bigger than any police force in any town i've lived in so far um and they uh you'll have to every once in a while i'll have to ask a question and you'll have to fill me in on things but absolutely the guy who was offering the sandwiches is he the juice bar owner yeah that's ernie um he's like I, another side character that like always comes up okay yeah i enjoy ernie um i, I really liked the scene i i'm kind of skipping ahead here but i really like the scene at the end of the volleyball tournament where he kind of just pulls everybody around him and of course it's tv so everybody's facing forward and he's just facing away from everybody and he's like, ah, you all get sandwiches. Yeah, he's just a positive force. And sometimes he's like, he has this like really successful juice bar that holds like a bunch of like tournaments and stuff inside of it. And I don't really get it. And like there's some scenes where it's like there's like a gym inside the juice bar. It's weird. They're just it's like a convenient like room of requirements kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Um. One. One thing is you mentioned how they always have all these events. And it's funny, my first note that I have written down is there's no exposition for the Power Rangers in the beginning. Like the first no. episode is all about the bad guys. And I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it's kind of like a call to action, I guess. But the, um, the, it's funny that they always have to have an event because I feel like a normal show, they would bring up some drama between the characters. So like in a normal show, they would say... Uh, Someone is feeling jealous of someone else. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they're dealing with, like a B story throughout the beginning one. But the B story in this one is they're playing volleyball. And honestly, yeah. I don't know who won. And I think that like um, Angel Grove, which is where the Power Rangers are from, won. But yeah, um, it's just like a weird thing because um, the closest thing we get to like interpersonal conflict isn't even that. Like we get like the stuff where it's like, oh, no, my friend Dave that I'd never mentioned before is in trouble like that's what happens or like um <laughs> the white ranger tommy he was originally like the green ranger in the first like season and a half um mm -hmm. and his like powers were evil and like on the fritz and being drained from him so like a lot of the drama around him was like oh he's so cool but he's like in pain and losing his powers kind of thing i had a little interpersonal conflict in that uh while watching it my girlfriend said oh yeah i tommy was the one i like yeah so now I find out that uh, I have a little bit more competition. 
He's a little bit buffer than me. Just gotta like grow that hair out and do some like loud spin kicks. I just cut off all my hair, so I guess I, I guess I need to turn evil or something. Yeah, just like plug it straight on, like ha 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 ha. I've lost my soul, or I've gained my soul, or whatever it is. Yeah, and is that is that what happened with him? He, uh, his soul got taken by the sword or something. Um, he just got like a spell put on him, but um, like I was like more talking about like in like Buffy was it where like Angel lost his soul? If you've like seen that show, it's been a long time, but yes, I have watched that show. Um. I, I believe I know what you're talking about. And then I guess he got his own, he got his soul back and he got his own show. So I guess once I get my soul back, there will be the Blake show. It'll be as it has to be named after my name. And like, it'll be like about you being a detective in Los Angeles again. And I guess I'll be a vampire. That is kind of like metaphorically the deal you make when you, uh, and lose your soul enter into like a, like contract and be like, Oh, yeah. I'll become one of the wealthy, so I guess I'll be a vampire. Uh, <laughs> now, coming up in the show, and I love that it was just so random. So we go and meet the, I guess, enemies, the yes. uh, anti-heroes, or the, yeah, the antagonists. And Yeah, the, <laughs> they're not anti-heroes. <laughs> yeah. And in comes uh, Rito, which I think he was my favorite character in this whole arc. Well, it's a close tie, but I'll bring up the other guy when he shows up. But yeah. I, and as background for me, I'm from Mississippi in the U.S. And not born here, but I've lived most of my life here. So I have Southern ties. And I love that uh, Rito is half spray-painted camo. Yes. And I can't say that I love camo, but it's a fun look. And well, he has a country he, yeah. accent. He's basically Randy Quaid, right? <laughs> I mean... With, with a after he's Randy Quaid after a well I was about to say after a brain injury but I guess I guess it still connects yeah because um he just like an example of like a cool character design from Japan where there's like here's this cool skull dude and like you kind of see it in like his fights too where like when he gets defeated he turns into like a massive like skull with a rose in his mouth which was kind of cool yeah right kind of epic and like he comes because they got married a few episodes ago. Because, like, when Zed showed up, like, he was, like, very evil and, like, scared kids and stuff. So they had to, like, and, like, he, like, got rid of Rita, who'd been the villain of, um... Mm-hmm. Like, first two seasons? He came in season two, and she was in, like, season one. And, like, so most of season two was just, like, him. But they wanted to lighten him up, because they got a lot of complaints about him being too scary. So they like brought Rita back, but they gave her a potion that suspiciously let her be played by an actress who wasn't an old Japanese woman that they had footage of from two years ago. And like they could film new footage for. Oh, wait. So this is a new actress. Correct. Because she had like beauty potion and then they got married. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of the getting married, I thought and I don't know what the demographic for the show is, but. With some of the sound effects and stuff, I figured it was a younger audience, and yes. it was something that I don't see nowadays, but it was weird to me whenever I saw Rita kiss Zed, and I know that's me being a little bit uh, touchy on stuff, and of course, I have no problem with it. It was just one of those things that you see it, and you're like, whoa, I figure I wouldn't see that in TV shows nowadays. Yeah, is that a thing? I don't know. I I don't know if people kiss in kids' shows. <laughs> I don't know if effect, like, Pete... Like, affection is uh, a, a thing. But, hey, I'm glad they're in love. Yeah, that's 
interesting because my only like frame of reference is like Japanese shows where like it's more of a cultural more to kiss so they don't and like yeah. um and like Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which like yeah. Well true. Now now that I think about uh I, I guess kissing is much more of a big thing in a lot of shows for younger audiences where it's like your first kiss. Like I was a big into adventure time and I remember like kissing in that like is always about the like someone you really love and stuff but then it comes to just watching an older married couple i guess and they just kiss randomly and you're just like oh okay yeah they're happy oh yeah there's something like kind of nice about like the weird like domestic not bliss that they're in which is like they're in this throne room getting annoyed by their minions like mad they can't kill the power rangers but like all they're saying is stuff like Ah, like I love the disharmony of our life. Like it's like th- like these <laughs> yeah. weird, like evil versions of like common phrases of like sweet nothings, you know. I thought it, the line he he was like, "Oh, it feels like just a couple moments," as if he was flattering her, and then she was like, "Oh yeah, it feels feels more like a century to me." That that was fun. Uh, but kind of reminds me of um, I have no clue what this show is, but um, what was the show? Or like, do you remember a show that was like um? always on reruns when like in like the late 90s that was just like this older couple playing piano was how it opened it was like those were the days you know what i'm talking about at all or no Ooh, i feel like i feel like every show from that time started like that so it's going to be really hard for me to pin it down <laughs> it could have been days of our lives it could have been uh my wife and kids although my wife and kids was much more of a i don't know if you've ever watched that but there is a lot of marital stress in that show which the 90s i feel like was filled with ah i gotta go home to my wife <coughs> my wife um yeah. yeah and it's definitely um still a thing now but it's like much more just like uh weird like i can't watch shows that have that much of like a laugh track as like something like king of queens or whatever yeah. I'm, like, I'm not sure about that but yeah um there's a big plan to to destroy the Power Rangers, and nothing about the plan at all has to do with Rito being there. They could have done it at any time. Yeah, so the plan was that Rito... Okay, so Rito's there, and and to me, it sounds less like a plan to destroy the Power Rangers, and more of a plan to get rid of Rito. Yeah. Because they're just like, oh yeah, you'll be the decoy, and then we'll send in these strong monsters to get him. And it's like, and once you see the plan unfurl, they could have just sent in the monsters. Even though, I'm going to say, I think Rito could have taken him. No, Rito was pretty good. Um, yeah, and and of course, I'm sure the monsters helped. What would you say was your favorite monster that they made? Oh, they made like, a, one was like a flea, one was like an octopus, one was like a big wolf man with abs. I forget what the rest... And the other one was a beetle. Okay, yeah. Um, it's weird. Um, probably the wolf guy, because I like have memories of him as like a kid, like beating the crap out of the Red Ranger. <laughs> Yeah, they're like past they're like past monsters, right? Yeah. So that was kind of cool, a little callback. Kind of it, it's kind of cool to see. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a trope to bring back previous characters to kind of build up something big coming. I mean, it would have been nice if after they were done, they came back, but they did not at all. They didn't reference yeah. the fact that they had four monsters around. Yeah, whenever Rito was going down, I was like, well, why didn't they just send in the four monsters again? Yeah, it's weird. But also, like, um, I really want to talk about um, my favorite part of this 
whole episode though. Um, and that has to be um that um Bulk and Skull become cops. And exactly whenever they announce that they're gonna become cops is an amazing scene where the camera pans and everybody's jaw is dropped about three or four inches. Like to a painful extent. <laughs> yes, everybody. But it's not like they slow it down because you kind of like hear like Kimberly or somebody talking during it and they're just like <laughs> ah like it's just like very it's very good for like the way that they usually do humor this like hits like better than most of it I think yeah I kind of miss slapstick it's been a while I kind of also wonder if they just let bulk and skull like they give bulk and skull kind of an outline of what they have to do and then they just go for it I kind of feel like it because uh, they are very rarely related to the actual plot. Like they're kind of just like a filler. Like it's just like, oh, we found some Power Ranger footprints. We're gonna put some cement in them to try and figure out who the Power Rangers are. That was such a big thing for this one. And you said that this is kind of like they have a side arc, but it sounded like you said it has a purpose because this is kind of their turning point. Without knowing that, I was just like, why? Why are they going through the police thing? Like this can. I was waiting for it to connect back to the story, and it never did. <laughs> uh yeah like sometimes it's like and then they're in trouble which kind of happened here a little bit but like um no um they just like they don't they like eventually end up becoming like detectives and then i think they become scientists and then i think they go to space uh it's really hard to remember then like i guess in the past like five years like one of them came back for like a season um, like to teach the other one's kid how to be a samurai, and then like really? at the end of the season, the other one came back and was like really rich, and it's just like <laughs> I, I love that dedication to just like not <laughs> to just not yeah. having consistency. Yeah, I'm happy for them though. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess you, I guess you use the characters you have. Don't introduce new characters. If you have some bullies, make them scientists. Send them to space. There's a point where I guess um they become like private detectives after getting kicked off the police and like that but then they get turned into monkeys because i guess they were filming a spin-off but like as much as i like book and skull like i feel like their spin-off doesn't work like without the structure of like other stuff going on you know yeah i feel like their show is more of like it's like a uh what was that show there was a skateboarding show i think it's like seek and luther or something it's more oh. of a show like that than a show like Power Rangers. It's completely opposite. And like I guess like the whole like pitch was like they inherit a hotel and then they have to run the hotel with like an Elvis impersonator. And <laughs> it's like what? And like I wish that had seen the light of day cuz that sounds great just to see that like unaired pilot or something, you know? That's as wild as the sweet life of Zach and Cody if like Mr. Mosby goes off and becomes a samurai. And he gets a show about it. I mean, I guess it's kind of as wild as the whole Hannah Montana, the brother from it, which I don't think he was playing the same guy, but he ended up playing some karate guy in a different show, bringing up a lot of random Disney shows. But that's what I spent my childhood doing. And then Power Rangers went on beside me. <laughs> what even would like a Mosby Samurai show be just like um, in the lobby of the Blade? <laughs> he He uses his... The, the skills that he learned while chasing Zack and Cody to chase criminals of the state of Japan. Okay. So, like, he's, like, gone back in time or, like, just, like, he goes to, like, modern Japan? 
modern samurais are just as viable as old samurais. If someone shoots at them, they cut the bullets. Uh, honestly, I think they're always going to be the most OP thing. Here's the thing about like cutting th- through a bullet. Um, practice. Where do you get it? Uh, either you just look at a slideshow of how you would do it until you get it. I think it's like 10,000 hours and you're a master. Or you go for something like paintballs and you make sure that they're red paintballs. That way your mind really gets the gets the idea that like, oh, that could be blood if I missed. I do want that like training montage of that just being like, huh, <laughs> all right. Like if like it was like in a realistic world where you couldn't cut through bullets, it was just like a montage of somebody trying to cut through paintballs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's just Mythbusters. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so with the B story, do you want it? Should we just run through the B story of Bulk and Skull joining the junior police real quick and then we can jump back into Power Rangers since we're on that? Uh, yeah, let's like bring that to its conclusion because that's a like fun one. Um, so you said something fun earlier uh, about just the size of the junior police. They have like at least like 100, 200 junior police, like people under 18 that they're giving badges and leather jackets and uniforms to. I mean, with all the attacks that happen on Angel City, you'd think there would be less people there. And apparently there's just an amazing amount of young people who are willing to, who who are super fit and ready to go and I I don't know what junior police do. I mean, like, it just sounds like they wanted them to join the police. And like, I'm going to say, for how little the police do in Power Raiders, and for how many there are, I'm just going to say blanket, um, defund Angel Grove like police. Uh, they don't need 200 teens that they're not paying to be working, I don't think. like. Hey, but here's the thing. Have you ever seen the Power Rangers go and help like a lady who's getting her purse stolen? I bet not, because Angel City Grove uh, Junior Police has that under wrap. But also, I hope it's a, I hope it's a non-profit. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what that would entail if it's basically like an unpaid internship with authority <laughs> sounds like rotc i think yeah which isn't great <laughs> just like yeah a, uh no um it's just um there's some cool stuff when they go to join the police like how like in the background there's like posters for like neighborhood putty patrol which is like i like the idea of just like people patrolling neighborhoods ready to beat the shit out of like the putties or like the um before they made the bird monsters, they were like these clay monsters that would like trouble the Power Rangers when they weren't morphed and like in parks and stuff. And they'd like I do remember them. And whenever you hit like a button, they explode or something. Uh, yeah, like uh, there's like the first kind, then like the second kind are way stronger, but they have a button on their chest that makes them explode. Okay, so not the best design. And then also there was a wanted poster for Rita. Yes, which I love. It's cool. It's cool things. It's it's cool to whenever you imagine shows where like Pokemon or Power Rangers, you think that it's just the Power Rangers that deal with it and everyone else is super far removed. But then there's the girls who are saying like, oh, yeah, I would love to know who the Power Rangers are. And then there's like posters for Rita, which is crazy that anybody knows who she is. But it's cool. It's, it kind of grounds the world. Well, um, so Money War from Power Rangers takes footage from like three different Setai shows. Um, and like um, the first one is where Rita and like most of like the Rangers costumes are from. And, um, and like a lot of that footage, cause like um, 
the Japanese version was like much more of a troll. Like a lot of that footage is like her riding down to the city on like a flying bicycle or her like making like um making skyscrapers move to make a stage for her to dance on. So it kind of makes sense <laughs> that like she'd have like her face out there. Yeah. Um but yeah, they ended up becoming police and that was uh it's interesting that you said that was a kind of a turning point. Uh I never knew them when they were bad, but I love them when they're good. I mean, I don't like like they express that they don't want to do it, but they still get dragged to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Captain Stone and stuff, and like I guess like that's like a fun thing in the '90s. Not so much now when we're like like seeing like, huh? I don't want to make sure like you get like people that actually agree to stuff, not just like doing <laughs> them. But um, yeah, maybe we shouldn't draft. And like that Captain Stone character, I guess is in like the next three seasons of Power Rangers. Really. I don't really know for sure because I haven't looked, but I guess like they become private detectives at some point and it's He's probably their commander. Yeah. Um but like um they it's like a horror scene that lasts five minutes when they get their hair cut. Oh, and then there was the great blooper at the end of that show. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I saw that. I mean it was actually pretty funny. That's that's kind of the part that made me think that they kind of have a little bit of creative reign over it. Because they're kind of the ones who do the most acting uh, sans fighting. Yeah, because um, like in the blooper is like Skull breaks his mirror when he's looking at it, which like if they hadn't cracked, it would have been really funny. But uh, yeah, because they just like both have like hair. And honestly, like Skull's hair actually looked really good halfway through the haircut. Yes, I agree. As I was like, why are they completely shaving bulk, but they're giving Skull like a 2010 fringe or something no it's not the type of hair it is yeah and they're just both like horrified it's like oh no and like i was kind of like tired so i just like waxed philosophical and said like oh this is like representative of like the way that institutions like break you down and take your individuality because they are true so horrified of this yeah that is very true that's what uh like jonestown shaved or I mean, yeah, you just you you make somebody look like everybody else, and you break them down into they're less than a human. But that that's a little <laughs> that's a little sad for Power Rangers. But no, um, I I really love um the fact that um they then just do a ton of obstacle courses, and there's like a recurring gag of like this group of like junior trainees just like running through seeds, and it I didn't know it was a gag until like the graduation scene at the very end where they also run through. And I was like, oh, this is meant to be like a recurring gag. Like I missed it. Oh my God. Yeah, but it was just those people who in the beginning were running and they're just going through like every scene. Yeah. And I didn't that's, realize that. That's awesome. That I, I applaud them for that. That's actually a pretty good, pretty good idea. Yeah, I guess like what? Like in the aftermath of like the Police Academy movies, just like trying to do something like that. And like... Yeah, um, modern day probably wouldn't have people join the police, uh, but yeah, yeah, maybe maybe hold off on it for at least, or or maybe getting more younger people into the police is what's needed or something. People with new ideas. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, just it was very weird to see like the hundreds of teens that were joining the junior police force. I was just like, that's not good. No, don't do that. Yeah, 
they get this great song actually like shape up bulk and skull gotta go fast gotta go strong gotta become the police and what do you think of that song as a person who does like a music podcast well i can say that all of the music in power rangers is good i run a lyrical podcast and i can say that i have heard better Okay. So the lyrics have something to be achieved. Now the thing is, a lot of pop songs, they don't get much they don't get much better than that. <laughs> uh, some pop songs are literally just saying a couple things and that's the thing that a lot of people miss. P- people hear a song and it sounds good and they just go with it. But there's just some garbage in the lyrics. And but what I do like is they're being straightforward. It seems like they you can write a song in about 5 minutes if you have a story to tell. Yeah, because you got to jump over that six foot wall, swim a big lake, be as strong as Superman. <laughs> Not just the lyrics of the song. Or, or at least close to as strong as Superman. I mean, also, I love the idea of, well, I don't know. I was about to say I love the idea of those obstacle courses being hard. But I've, I've always been uh, a runner and I've done obstacle courses and things like that. So I think I'm a little bit out of touch whenever I think about things like that. They probably are hard. Yeah, especially because, like, um, it's meant to be, like, a general, like, fitness test for, like, a lot of people that, like, don't have that background. But, like, it's just, like, this fun little music video of, like, them hiding behind tires and, like, going down hills wrong and this kind of stuff. And by the I end, I like, guess they're doing better. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> what, was, there a, was there growth in the scene or was it more like they just made it through? I mean, like, there's, like, a scene of, like bulk finally jumping over the like wall for example in like one go and skull says oh he's so fit or something like that and yeah so i guess i guess you're right uh i i guess that does show growth even though slight growth and i do want to mention that bulk seems pretty tough because he picks up skull like all the time and then they're running through kind of a maze and he just puts skull on his shoulders and kind of barrels through all the people so like their whole thing is that like they're like, oh, the skinny one, the fat one, like Laurel and Hardy or something. And it's just like um they do actually do like a ton of stunts though. And like they like are involved a lot. But yeah, um <clears throat> somewhat questionably, they are allowed to become cops. Mm-hmm. It was a different time. Yeah, a different time. Um and uh but I I see in your notes, if we are you ready to start moving on to I think the scene that we kind of left off, which is the fight yes. scene between Rito and uh, the Zords. So the Power Rangers, is there something wrong in the base at this point? Or is that later? Because they're just like, oh, we see a monster. Let's go fight him. And then like they get like ambushed in the big Zord I, fight. I was thinking that if the other monsters were there, they still would have ran in and fought them. And so the fact that it was an ambush is a little bit wild to my mind. But if... If I was younger, maybe that wouldn't seem as weird. Maybe I would have thought like, oh, they got him. So maybe it's just my tactical mind thinking like, oh, they got to like, they got to like set up some tripwires or something. <laughs> and like most of their fight scenes, like they um, like were just using footage that was like from the Zords in the shows in Japan. So okay. like this is like one of the few ones that has like new footage because those Zords like didn't get destroyed. So um, yeah, it's just like they get in a fight with Rito then they get ambushed and they like are, are like oh no keep going even though like we'll overload the powers or whatever and they get their asses kicked yeah somehow but yes so that scene where um 
it's known as like from the fandom the zord carnage scene and i remember hmm. growing up whenever like the power rangers like got their zords destroyed because it happens like a few times in like some series at least like by the time i stopped watching um and just like um you see like their arms fall off and their heads fall off and their chests fall off it was so are you saying that that is the pretty kind of the only custom footage in the that fight scene um there's some scenes where you see like certain characters meet but most of them are just like um a like a uh, shot to somebody doing something and then like a shot of somebody reacting but there's yeah. like a little bit of custom footage there besides like the zord destruction because i gotta say i gotta give it to them it was one of the most epic scenes in the whole fight scene i think it wins the fight scene because it was really cool i mean it was to me the most believable because i mean all the wires hanging out was super cool um I, I wasn't super connected to the character's emotion, but it was very cool to see the just the Zords falling apart. And it's also funny that after the Zords did fall apart, Rito was just like, all right, let's head out. Yeah, they never really like finished the job when they have like the Rangers down. Like, like it's never like, oh, you're down. Let's kill you. It's like, OK, we got to go. Like there's a couple scenes that we've seen that have just been like, oh, and then the fight ends. <laughs> and it's really funny. I wish they had gone for more of like a, like, oh, where'd they go? Because they're tiny and maybe they couldn't see them or something. But yeah, I, I get it. Or, or they don't, re- I guess they recognize them when they're not in ranger form because I guess she knows who they are. But yeah. yeah. And like, I guess because they overcommitted to this fight, they also lost their powers with their swords. So they're like powerless looking at like the giant heads on the ground, which I like the giant heads on the ground a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one note I have was that, um, during the end when she's like sad about the zords like i just had like this uh like weird like memory of being like oh kimberly's really hot here huh like i just oh yeah oh yeah this must have been like the peak hotness for me like growing up you know it uh it's the shirt i just i mean i can just say it's the shirt yeah doing a lot now then again billy billy too billy's a hunk but he's also like 30 so (laughs) i don't know about that the weird thing is, like, I don't know if he's actually that much different age than the other characters. Like, I guess he was, like, 23 or 22 when they started Power, just like, season three. So, like, he's only, like, 24, 25. Okay, so he's just, like... Old face. He, he just stays out in the sun a lot and got some leathery skin. Yeah, got some city ears. And he's ripped. Like, he's supposed to be the smart guy, right? Yeah, like, midway through, like, season two, they um let him get contacts and, like take off sleeves which is cool because like um they're all constantly doing flips so like it's makes sense because like what you can't tell here is but like this like when they gain their like ninja powers it kind of seems like it's to take away from the fact that they were having the actual actors doing like a lot of stunt work and a lot of like out of like suit fights so Mm -hmm. like it makes sense i guess that like he'd like at some point be like hey i'm doing like four backflips can i just like show off my arms so wait do the actors actually do the stunt work or are you saying that they have stunt doubles they don't do the work in the suits like okay but they do like have scenes where like they're walking in the park and they like see some putties for example and they're like okay let's go fight them and you see like long shots of like the actor for billy doing like four backflips and then being like still fighting and like it's not like it's a quick cut it's like a 15 second like static shot 
like so like yeah. you're seeing his face and the um so so whenever the ninjas came out i was like oh they have masks on like i guess yes they threw in stunt doubles because i was talking to my girlfriend about it and we were trying to figure out are are they stunt doubles and then she was like no nah, they like all the people are super fit like i or well no she was saying that it's probably uh stunt doubles and i was like what why did they hire the people did they hire them for their acting skill i mean like they could have just hired them for look but yeah they yeah, weren't hired for so. acting skill because i think like, <laughs> a lot of them were like dancers or gymnasts or that kind of stuff or like martial artists you know yeah i believe so i think uh one thing that i noticed what is the red ranger's name rocky he has about five lines through the entire force episodes Honestly, I was going to say, he's getting more focused than usual was actually in my notes. He's getting more focus? Because, like, people really liked the first Red Ranger, Jason. Mm-hmm. So, like, midway through season two, or, like, pretty early in season two, um, the Red Ranger, the Black Ranger, and the Yellow Ranger asked for more money. So then there was a teen peace conference in Sweden that they had to go to. <laughs> and, then, and then they had to add new Rangers. Really? Yeah, but, like... um jason very much like was like the red ranger like the leader of the team and then like the equal to tommy and rocky never was that and he kind of never gets a ton of focus because i knew that the red ranger always seems to kind of be the leader but Mm -hmm. it just did not feel like that with this episode and i guess that or these episodes and then i guess that explains it that it's kind of a different situation i guess tommy kind of took that position i guess when he went to white ranger status yeah and like that's partially like they were switching characters i guess and like man it takes them so long to switch rangers like there's just a point where there's like seven episodes where every episode is just like the back of three power rangers and then them in suits getting turned into mannequins with like voiceovers that don't work (laughs) (laughs) it's just like you could just do it in one episode there's so much space magic and science you can switch the powers in one episode but instead they do like a four episode arc where like um rocky and adam and aisha like have to like get kidnapped by snakes and it's just like they do so much to get to the point of there's a magical sword that'll let you transfer powers like you could do that in like one or two episodes you don't need to do it in seven episodes where you don't have half the cast here yeah so yeah um so next after that they went to the desert of despair right yeah, because they were depowered and they had to, like join hands and go to this like whole thing, and it's full of weird traps, right? I I want to say that Zordon, whenever he first brought up the Desert of Despair, he was like, "Oh no, y'all can't go there," and they were like, "We got to," and he was like, "I guess, guess, yeah." He, he turned so quick under his breath. He was saying like, "Well, I can't stop putting <laughs> teens in danger now. I'd be a hypocrite if I stopped now, so I better put them in more danger." Yeah, they just went and fought a giant skeleton, but maybe this desert will be kind of scary. Especially whenever... So you brought up the different booby traps. What did you think about the orb? It's just the orb that makes the fire. Yeah, Just sitting in the middle of a desert. Like, what's the chance that you're going to come across it? I don't really know and like who did it. Like, the quicksand kind of made sense, or like the hole that yes. she fell in. That was like, oh, it's full of stuff. But this made it seem like there was like, a native people or like maybe like ninjor was like i don't want people in my desert um but it's weird yeah and i like the quicksand trap if you noticed i believe aisha fell in it and it 
all they did was bury her like up to her shoulders and then use different camera angles. And I thought that was kind of funny that like that, that, that was their practical effect. They just buried her. Yeah. And like they're supposed to be like in a lot of danger because they can't morph and like they have to like get new powers. But like it's the same powers in the end. But like they aren't really that much dangerous. Like, can you jump over some fire? Yeah. Like big backflips. Um I, I would say use your mind and don't pick up the random ball. Or or do. But yeah, then jump over the fire. But Nick coming up is one of my second favorite character. Oh, um for that though, actually, uh we see the new like foot shoulder like grunts for the season, which are the Tangas, who they're actually pretty cool looking. Like I like them. They are cool looking, but there's a lot of noise when they're on screen. Yeah, because they're like the so like this arc was filmed around the same time that the movie was filmed, I think. So, like, the same thing happens where, like, they have to go get ninja powers and there's new bird minions. So, like, the Tengas, they are, like, very dark crystal and they look cool. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're very loud. They also got their own song, which is fine. They, their song was pretty cool, I gotta say. I, I was more impressed with their song. The only problem that I have with their song was all the repetition. It was pretty much, like, a, a 30-second long song got replayed over and over again or at least the lyrics were reset which was like tangas are attacking and they're crows crows, crows, crows crows everywhere oh yeah yeah no um yeah sorry oh and yeah but the the rock score was pretty i i I enjoyed it you should absolutely like look into some of the um because i guess like they also used a ton of these songs for vr troopers which is like another show that was out of the time so like they just like use the same music really yeah (laughs) it was in-house they're like oh we own this let's just use this here like not the stuff that's like go green ranger or whatever but like the stuff that's like um background stuff like oh there's one song that's like about like riding bikes (laughs) that they use i guess (laughs) it's crazy that they used to cut corners on tv shows and i'm sure they still do for people up and coming but just everything seems so big nowadays that you know you get the best stuff but yeah everything used to be like a really you know get this done in the best way possible like we need some music for this show just look around in that room over there yeah and like you couldn't do something as janky as like mr ed for example like regardless of like the um like animal rights issues like you couldn't do (laughs) a show that was like this horse kind of moving its mouth and like someone talking well actually dog with a blog was a thing oh okay i don't (laughs) know what that is but sure that's Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is, but also I know exactly what that is from your description. Um, it was a Disney show past our time, but I would say that all Disney shows past our time are a little bit lacking. But I feel like, I feel like the people below us are also going to say that. I mean, I think part of that too is that like we kind of saw like the end of like a lot of weirdness. Like we saw a lot more people like get critical of shows and like the budgets inflate to the point where like there just wasn't as much like like. Ren and Stimpy is like a show that wouldn't come out now, for example, or like or Reckless Modern Life. Yeah, exactly. So like there is like a certain amount of just like making things like that are going to be bigger hits or like make less of a splash, like in like a making people like upset or like feel anything. So that yeah, cult cult followings, stuff that stuff that's going to get like really specific audiences now. But also like we have like survivorship bias kind of where, like, we just remember, like, Red and Stimpy. We don't, like, remember, like, some crappy, like, show that went on for, like, nine seasons that was terrible, you know? 
That is true. That's so people talk about nowadays how oh, all the old bands are way better than they are nowadays. And the thing is, all the old bands are all the good ones. No one remembers the bad ones. So bad stuff gets into the pop charts. If you listen to Six Nine's new music, bad stuff gets into the pop charts. And uh, the thing is, it's just the good things that get remembered. Down the line, people are going to remember like, I don't know, one or two Post Malone songs because I like Post yeah. Malone. And then stuff like that. And people are going to remember the good stuff. And then they're going to say, oh, they just play crap nowadays. In like 1990, when you went to a concert with like Nirvana and the kids of Whitney High and like two other bands, you don't remember the two other bands. Like you're just like, oh, <laughs> I love the kids of Whitney High and like Nirvana was fine. But like, <laughs> that's what you say. Yeah. And, and remember, grunge was a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, like there are people that will just remember what was good and that's what like makes something like watching like power rangers kind of fun because it's a weird little show but mm-hmm. um yeah they find the temple really easily actually he is this trope of stumbling onto the secret button which in my mind why do people put secret buttons because someone's gonna stumble onto it i mean there's not supposed to be anybody there but they're there um and then they after they stumble on the secret button, they're in a cave, and then they like find a secret portal. And the I, I love this happens a lot during the show, but they come up to the gate to where oh yeah, the secret portal is interesting. But right after that, they come up to a gate, and I think Tommy says, "Oh no, it's locked." He turns around, and then it opens. Yeah. So um, so much of the stuff they're like, "Oh no," and then oh well, it's fine. We're not going to really like talk about cock ranger here like like in like a later episode but um so like in um in cock ranger which is where like they get like a lot of the suits for like the zords and stuff not really for like the main cast but um and like a lot of the monsters too this guy isn't the person who made their powers he's just like this like um ninja student who got like scolded two thousand years ago for being like deceived by demons and like trapped in a jar so when we see Ninja or just in a jar, that's like a weird thing they just wanted to use like extra footage for, I guess. But um, he's like the person who created their powers. And he like comes out and is like, how would you describe Ninja? Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Um, fabulous. A little bit thick. Pretty great. Um, Ninja had an unexpected voice, but... I yeah. do have something that I want to comment on in the future, but I'm going to wait for the perfect time for that. But Ninjor was funny because in the beginning, he was like very dismissive of them. They're like, the world's going to end. And he was like, don't let the door hit you. And then they like just say some platitudes. He's like, all right, I'll help you. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, don't flatter me, but yeah, let's let's do this. Because I think like Tommy says like, guys, the power's inside of us all along. And then Ninja were just like, all right, I'll help you. It's like, wait, <laughs> what do you mean, Tommy? You just yeah. got like your ass is kicked and now you're in like a portal. I also love that they came all the way here to really like they, they needed to fix their powers. And he was like, nah. And then they were like, well, I guess we'll just walk out there and die. Yeah, well, I guess we'll go like fight those birds again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he acts for the most part, like his Sentai character who's like this, like bumbling idiot, but then he's also like the keeper of this great power, which is like a weird thing. It's a weird quasi-religious aspect of Power Rangers that I I don't think they ever 
have come back to or like had before where like he's talking about like um let's open the um gateway to light and power like let's hold hands let's like burn some incense let's like be in a circle hmm. and it's in a temple yeah i mean a temple a temple isn't for protecting i don't think a temple is for what is it worshiping so what did the power rangers used to be did were they like pharaohs or gods or something kind of well i guess these are ninjas so i guess these would be like the emperor or something yeah they kind of don't go into that too much but like for like some like martial arts or like ninja season which they do later on too like they have like temples which is like in homage to like that kind of cinema more than like a religious thing but mm-hmm. yeah like it's very much like moves this is like religious e but it moves to be more like forcey because they like have like a morphing grid that's like kind of treated like the force a little bit so that's kind of where they go with their like spiritualism in the show there is a lot of un like i won't say underground but background stuff that they use to kind of explain these powers that so i grew up in the south it's a very religious area and i had friends who their parents like hid their power rangers tapes and specifically these were like the animal power ones and it was because they were talking about like the power of the 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 wolf and stuff like that and i guess they didn't want that to uh make them um i don't i don't know influence them badly and a lot of it is that kind of uh i don't know there's like background religious stuff i guess stuff that comes from a lot of old religions like the incense and uh, I guess from Native American yeah. time, or people who uh, believe more in like the spirit of wolves and or not spirit of wolves, but believe in more like spirits and animals and stuff. Yeah, there is like a lot of animism just like inherent to like inherent Power Rangers, like just left over from like the Japanese like material, I think, where it's just like, oh, like take the power of nature, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. and, and I think it's interesting. I think it's cool to bring that in because. You know, you don't learn about that stuff unless you see it, uh, unless you seek it out or it's brought to you. And it's like a weird thing where like it's um, been taken from like a lot of Japanese like television and like movies, but like brought over without like translation and like trying to downplay it. So it's like a lot of that stuff does get like treated by some people as like unreligious when it's pretty religious, like to talk about yeah. like the spirit of animals and stuff. Well, I think the problem that the people that I knew with it was it wasn't their religious. And yeah. so they just didn't want the kids to see it. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting that very slightly they get introduced to, I guess, at least the slightest bit of culture in it, even though that's probably not what they notice. And Ninjor says something like, now you have the cunning of ninja versus the brute strength of dinosaurs, which is like the first kind of theming the show actually has besides like them just randomly being dinosaurs Kimberly and Adam get kind of shafted because like the rest of them get like cool descriptors and Kimberly gets like beauty and Adam gets silent courage Adam is the oh yeah well I do have to say the frog is my favorite sword yeah it's a cool looking one because it's like very much like that like ninja frog like background thing and it shoots fire uh spoiler and they get their ninja suits yeah then Ninja suits kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, I thought it was always armor, but I guess it's cool. I mean, yeah, they're swift, and I guess a ninja doesn't need armor because they're not going to get hit too quick. This was meant 
to be like a half step between like their armor and not having armor and, and i'm guessing like to try and like get away from showing the actors faces all the time because like they wanted them to be like they wanted the brand to be stronger than the characters i think mm-hmm. and like these suits are from the movie but they looked better because they actually like showed their faces in them so like it just looked a lot better versus here where like some of them look questionable tommy looks very questionable with his white Entirely I thought that. Over. I thought about that. Yeah. It, it it's but I I could see a TV writing room thinking like going through this and they were like, yeah, we got to do ninjas. This is what they'll look like without even thinking about it. And like their powers now instead of calling for like their animals just like white ranger power or like black ranger power and it's like <laughs> adding on that and like he like did have a song that was like white ranger tiger power which like seems like add as many words as you can between power and like white please like please add as many as you can because like they just like have this issue i think with with saying power they like to say power and like the colors like red power versus like them saying like okay make sure you add as many words as you can between white and power in this song ah okay i just picked up what you were saying yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean it is funny all the i i I guess that's not called a freudian slip but it's it's similar in the sense that when you look at it, you're like, oh, wow, I guess the censors were a little bit loose back then. I don't think it's intentional or like technically bad. It's just like it's a bunch of stuff that like looks bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then using the new ninja powers, they go and they fight the tangas. And there's this great song where like there's one line where you could spend your days learning to basket weave, which I was little <laughs> like, what? Because it was like about the tangas getting beaten up song. Um, and they have like a lot of like powers, like the ninja, like they get hit, but they're just like clothes on the ground and they like can teleport. That one was kind of random. I guess he used a substitution jutsu or something, but exactly. And yeah. then the pink ranger did the whole like, oh, I'm too quick and I pose, pose, pose. So that's a bit of a trope. And then that's when I love. liked that the uh, the black ranger, like he's the frog ranger and he just jumped. Yeah, <laughs> he jumped really high. And, like, they're making all these, like, remarks, like, hey, bird face, hey, chicken brain, hey, turkey, or, like, at the end, they're like, you're a chicken, or maybe, or maybe just a turkey, which I love. Yeah, I remember in the first, in y'all's first episode talking about Power Rangers, y'all talked about how whenever Tommy came in, he was such a loud martial artist. Yes. That he didn't need to say as many of the catchphrases. Mm -hmm. And... All of the, yeah, they just have so many catchphrases just to fill the time. Um, and I guess, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's all you can do. I mean, if you put me in a room and said, hey, write stuff for these guys to say that it, uh, for while they're fighting, I guess you don't just want to say, hey, come get me every time. Yeah, and this is maybe the 19th or 20th time I've heard somebody say in this show, have a nice trip. And we've only watched <laughs> like 15 episodes. Well... I mean, it. You got. It's really funny. Okay, so, good. It's just. It's too funny to not do. But they win the fight, and they morph. They win the fight, and then don't they? They they go home, right? Or, yeah. Um, and like, there's just like weird lines from Tommy. It's like, and now we have to go protect home. But like, he says it in like a weird way. Where like, there's lots of scenes where like, people say stuff almost like the way a person would talk except for there's like a, a couple words missing or like the wrong words there 
Um, and there's <laughs> yeah, their suits look worse when they're like morphing from ninja to Power Ranger. Honestly, it just doesn't look great. Yeah, and one thing I want to mention. So after this, they go and fight Rito, who his mission was to go to Angel City and wait, what is it? Angel Grove. Angel, yeah, Angel Grove. Okay, and uh, just destroy everything. And the thing is, he goes and does that. Like I feel like way before they get there. So I can only imagine that half the city is just rubble at this point, but probably not. Boca Skull should have joined the junior constructioners and like worked on rebuilding the city instead of joining the police officers. I, it's like in, I can't remember if it's an anime or something, but there's just always buildings getting destroyed. Oh, it's Gotham, I think. Yeah, Gotham, there's always just like half the city getting destroyed. And you're like, what, when do they rebuild this? Why, why do they rebuild it? Just leave it. There's a point like in like the later seasons that like I like, heard on like twitter i was like oh this is really funny where i guess like um some villain says something like yes i'm setting down my monster to destroy the like abandoned warehouse district (laughs) it's like okay good i'm glad you don't want us to think about human casualty yeah they don't they they don't like uh yeah human casualty they don't like uh cannon fodder so hey we just want property damage we're going for the landowners Hmm. yeah (laughs) Sticking it to the big guys. Hey, I'm all for that. Just, um, oh, let's just like, uh, let's have like fair housing and like Angel Grove. Let's let them like take some skyscrapers to turn that into apartments, you know? Hey, if the, if the monster destroys the abandoned warehouse district, maybe they can build up some, yeah, some apartment buildings there. Maybe these guys are helping us. Maybe it's all in insurance fraud. <laughs> Rita is a like master insurance fraud. She bought all of that up before she went to destroy it. Um, Got open so, your third eye. So talking about the um, what's his name, the Rito fight. Yeah, he has like flamethrowers and stuff. And I want to mention one thing that he says that's really fun. He says, "Taste." He says something like, "Taste my thirty million cool BTUs." And I am a. Uh, I just graduated with mechanical engineering. And I can say he, he referenced British thermal units, which is a deep cut. Like, I, I, children wouldn't understand that. I mean, I guess he's not going to say, like, taste my, I mean, 30 million degrees. He said BTUs. Yeah. Um, and this whole scene is weird because um, in Cocker Ranger, they get these, like, these set of Zords, like, two thirds through the show, they get these and they only show up, like, 10 or 12 times. So, like, it's funny that, like, they're the ones that the Power Rangers get first. Because, like, they don't have, like, a ton of, like, footage for it. And, like, um, Tommy's Zord, um, the Falcon Zord is also, like, a separate one. So, like, they don't team up a lot, but they're treated as, like, one unit. So it's just kind of uh, weird to see them as, like, um, coming out with, like, what is, like, a late-stage fight early on. And, like, I don't know how they do with, like, footage for that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's cool that um, they finally have like a Zord that can like fly though. That's fun. And like it's very like know. agile, nimble. I I feel like the I feel like Tommy's Zord is useless. I, hot take here, but Tommy's Zord, uh, I'm not a big fan. Like it's a Falcon. Like I get I I guess it's better than what is her name Natalie? Uh, the Crane. That's Kimberly. Kimberly. I'm sorry. Uh, similar names, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they um. Like, yeah, the, it's so hard to make a strong-looking flying thing. 
it, without just making it look like a like a jet. And I guess that like um in the Japanese footage, his Zor was like entirely different and like was like a wild animal that mm. like they had to like get to work with them versus like that, being piloted. That's by cool. That there there's like struggle there, and I like that. And I watched a little bit of Kaku Ranger, and I mean it was definitely geared towards a older audience, but the story of it was to me a little bit more interesting, even though just this is a random comment, but I did notice that it seems like with Japanese characters, they're focused on them being kind of silly and stuff like that. And then with American characters, they're focused on them being super upright and Mm -hmm. upholding stuff. And it kind of makes you wonder like, do Japanese people, are they just already that upright and good? And they're like, oh, we can look at people who are acting silly. And then Americans are just, oh, wow, we, we need an example. Since we're in like the, I'm going to say something very general and, and not educated, but um, maybe it matches my experience or like what I've noticed. But like, I feel like um, a lot of American characters and like Western characters are trying to set an example of like how to act and like what to care about. Whereas I feel like when there's more people that act that way, Japanese characters get to be more of like these strange, like these strange, like goofy mythic icons. Like there's this point in like one episode that like I'm watched that was like just um, one character says there's always room for woman and food. And she's like, okay, that's because <laughs> you're like a, a like legendary character. Basically this was like in this story, you know, like, like you're like an epic. Lo- yeah. Um, and I think there's something cool about I think there's something cool about a character that isn't perfect. Like I don't know if you are a fan or heard about the new Artemis Fowl movie that came out. That's my favorite book series. And Artemis Fowl is a crooked hero, I would say. He's a criminal mastermind and they ruined him with this new movie where they had to make him good. Like oh. instead of stealing something for his own gain, he stole something to help protect his father and then she just decided to work with him. I mean, if you look up the reviews for it, it's miserable. But uh yeah. Yeah, I just find a, a like a bad hero interesting. Yeah, like you, that's why like I like the words like protagonist and like because like um it's fun when we just kind of admit sometimes the like the focus of our stories aren't good people or like the best people or aren't heroes, which is like more interesting to me than just like being like oh well, like we have to have like a good character just there are stories where it's just like here's just a character who we can like or sometimes even not like uh but just like we know this is our like focal point um yeah and you follow them like i think liking a character and finding a character interesting are two different things and i think yeah i, I think sometimes you do like an interesting character and i think that's the most important thing that's why Game of Thrones is so big. Anybody who works on character development is just really good. The show Community uh, is one of my favorite shows, and it has Pierce, who's played by Chevy Chase, and he is a miserably unlikable character, but as soon as he left the show, I was like, oh, this, is, this needs him back, because you have to have a character that's unlikable. Yeah, like, I think you do like um, need to have characters that like go certain ways and do certain things and like there needs to be like 
um, unlike um, what was thought by like a Gene Roddenberry, like there needs to be interpersonal like conflict. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so the last thing that happens on this show, I think, is the vampires, right? I didn't remember this at all. Like I thought they just fought Rito, and that was the end of the episode. But it's like the first scene of the episode is they fight him. Then they like go to fix their like viewing tower, and there's more broken skull. Then like the other egg, like the other egg that Rito brought hatches and goes to fight Ninjor, who's doing mm-hmm. fine. He's winning the yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah, he had it under control so much so that I think they just added in the scene of them flying in from before to like fill up two minutes of them transforming and then like doing one hit. Yes, he does. N- like they do literally nothing in that fight besides like there's one cut where you see fist hitting that could have been from like another episode honestly well they reused all the footage from their fight with Rito like exactly for the transformation and I believe for the punch and yeah yeah I I think you're right I think they were filling time Uh, I think the story was done and they were like well this is a four four part series we got to finish this up but one thing that I want to bring up both Vampiris and oh what's his name Ninjor had interesting voices yes and their voices were just like it's not muppets uh looney tunes they were just like looney tunes characters yeah Vampiris sounded like speedy gonzalez and ninjor sounded like i believe his name is marvin the martian okay yeah yeah and if you go back and listen to it it's gonna be stuck in your head now whether or not that's a uh <laughs> good character voices nowadays but uh that's exactly what they sounded like. And I was wondering, I, I don't think that was around the time that that was filmed, but I wonder if that's actually their voice actors or if people were just, you know how people who do voices, they like to copy famous voices? Especially if you're like on like a under budget show like this sometimes. And you're just like, oh, can you do a, can you do a character voice? And you're like, I have a pretty mean Marvin the Martian. And you're like, you're hired. Yeah. Um, I thought that... um. Vampirus kind of talked like uh, the bat from Anastasia. Oh, that too. Yeah. Which he's, uh, yeah, he kind of had like a mix between a, like a Latin accent and a like Transylvanian accent. Yes. Which I think Transylvanian is what he was going for, but I think he kind of slid a little bit over into the other area. Yeah. And like, um, one thing I missed was like, like they were like scanning, but they're, command center wasn't repaired so like they came to the fight late but like there's a scene of like they scan a angel grove they can't find any like issues so like okay let's scan the solar system and i like how they went straight from like zip code to solar system yeah well hey i i like that the first thing that they checked was they were like does angel city have anything wrong how about the community center like what's been happening at the community center all this time I think, like, in some later seasons, like, they'll do stuff like, oh, the monsters are trying to attack these things or, like, open this portal or whatever in this area. So, like, that's why they're all localized. But it, it makes no sense in this first season why everything is happening in, like, Angel Grove. Because, like, you know, like, they can teleport. They have giant mechs. They could go anywhere, technically, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, the Desert of Despair, there was, like, green mountains in the background. I feel like it's just, like, they just went like 10 minutes out into a California desert and filmed. Oh, well, um, that's actually the area right behind where right their like, the command base? center is. Oh, that's great. 
And like, um, you know that their command center is like a real building, right? I heard that in the first episode, and my girlfriend thought you were talking about the moon base. She was like, that's insane. And then we watched it, and I was like, no, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, because it, it's like a a part of the American Jewish University, I guess. Um, and it's it's beautiful. Like a place you can go, yeah. And like it like looks great for like a weird sci-fi base. It's cool that back in the day, I guess the internet wasn't as prevalent and you couldn't just go and like you you weren't as common knowledge of different things in the world so you could just put like a monument on something and people might not have seen it they're like wow that's that's a cool thing they built for the show and like it looks alien in like a really cool way um it you you could almost say that the first season of mighty morphin power rangers was kind of like a student film yes it's very low budget they worked with what they had oh i actually don't know if it's low budget but it seems it like it was they, very low budget. Okay, good. And they, yeah, they worked with what they had, and there's so many voiceovers. It's, but, but they, it, it holds up in a certain way. And the thing is, I don't have nostalgia for it. So I can't yeah. chalk it up to nostalgia, but it was interesting. It's, I, I would say it's better than some shows that come around today, just because I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that there's no drama and stuff in it, and it's just cool fighting and monsters it's just and also you mentioned in the beginning that it's you saw this on the toys that make us right i think this was around in the time where tv shows were mostly made to market toys so everything was like trying to get a brand like oh give them watches to wear give them suits yeah. to wear give them mo- uh, action figures so i mean sadly that's kind of what the show's about but you don't get shows like that anymore and i think it's interesting and like it's like uh, just um cool to see because like this show does drastically change. Like in the first episode, we um watched episodes based on like our favorite monsters, which happened to be like both very early in like the run of the show. Where like basically what happened was it was like here's five minutes of like a food festival, and here's eighteen minutes of lightly dubbed footage straight from Japan. Versus like at this point, they like are fighting monsters from. Um, like from like the third season in Japan, but they're using suits from the first season in, in Japan. So like, there's tons of like custom footage, and like they're like fights not in suit, and like most of their like fights, like besides most of their like Zord footage, like it's like all custom stuff. There's stories, there's characters. It's not like consistent or like up to like a certain par, but like this show definitely like you can see like some of the like you can see the success of it. Once you see, like, oh, they just, like, are doing things. Like, they're trying to do, like, arcs or, like, plot beyond just, like, that. And, like, film stuff beyond the three minutes they need for it to make sense or connect. Yeah. It's kind of like, what is it? Um, Necessity is the father of creativity. Or, what is it? No, that's not, that's not the saying I'm looking for. It's whenever you give yourself boundaries, you're able to be much more creative with things. And I guess their boundary is that they're using all that old footage. And so literally, I mean, it's an interesting idea. You said that a businessman was just like, we can just put some American voices over this and market it out there. Yeah. Um, And there's like a bunch of like weird Beck versions from the 80s and like early 90s that didn't come out that are like way weirder too. Now, Japan has, now, uh, this is a, is this a Sentai show? Y'all mentioned that word a lot in the first 
And Sentai is, is that the same thing as just a lot of action and suits and stuff like that? So um, Tokusatsu is like the genre that includes lots of stuff, but like primarily is thought of as like the action and suits. Sentai just means task force. So like technically like Voltron and Sailor Moon are Sentais, but like Super Sentai is like this franchise, which is about to celebrate its 45th year of like running continuously so like it was going on for like 15 years before power rangers it's been going on the entire time and like it's kind of funny honestly because sometimes like in like the later years like you'll be like huh they really fucked power rangers by picking that theme because like um like a recent like season was trains and like that's like big in japan but not big in the u.s for example mm-hmm. but yeah um hey i i've i have some nephews that would say that trains are pretty cool yeah, and there's like a controversy because like the train Zord kind of has an erection, so people are like, "That's a little weird." Oh my gosh! Yeah, same as that guy from The Little Mermaid. I don't know. I pass over that kind of stuff. Kids don't think that. Yeah, they don't. But um, in more recent seasons, it's much more like they are back to just like filming five minutes of like stuff and then using footage because like they're one to one. Like it's like it's like every year they're changing like casts and then like suits not like trying to use one suit from one year and like some footage from like another year you know so they're kind of doing what power rangers did but instead of because power rangers kind of split it up into different shows but instead of doing that they're just keeping the same show and just making it new seasons um so power rangers like putting the show um in japan it's like a new season every year but they film everything custom like it's like Mm -hmm. oh like, here's our episode about, like, when one of us gets turned into, like, an animal. It, in, like, Power Rangers, they're just stuck doing that plot most of the time unless they want to, like, drastically, like, rewrite or, like, reshoot things, you know? Ah, uh, okay. I, I understand. So, so power, does Power Rangers still come out or have they finished? I think it's still coming out, yeah. Um, if they do, do they have their own budget to where they're making their own custom stuff now? Or is, is that just back in the day that they used, like, reused footage? They do. I know that the, the most recent season did more of it than a lot of recent seasons because it was like the first season where Hasbro owned it or like bought it from whoever had it. Yeah. There was more going on. There was like a big like finale team up where they brought back like the original Power Rangers and stuff. So uh, that's cool. But no, um, they f- do some filming. It depends on the show, really, but not as much as like the late part of this first like series in japan like it's like a stepping stone for like young actors and stuff and it's like important for them but like it's not really that here like there's like you you can count on your hand kind of the people who have gone on to like acting success after power rangers i feel like it probably has more respect over there um and i feel like maybe the show that you're talking about is requires a little bit better acting like the people who work in power rangers probably go on to become stunt people while the people in that show you were talking about probably go on to become actors it's more pronounced i think in common writer which um is like a show that hasn't really been adapted that much in the u.s but like a lot of the main cast for those shows go on to be like major actors like they become like in like the top three movies of like the year for like 10 years in a row like there's like a lot of like oh like i'm like a big name it's like um 
Johnny Depp and Twenty One Jump Street kind of like yeah. situation. That's uh, yeah, that's interesting. And but we can't say that the Power Rangers don't become stars because if you look at any Comic Con, there's a Power Ranger there, and they they have their fans. Like my sister is a fan of a lot of stuff, and I'm pretty sure she. I think her favorite is the Green Ranger, but I don't believe it's Tommy. I, I believe it's from a different show. I think there was a guy who was the Green Ranger a lot, but I, I know that he comes to, like, whenever I was in college, he came to the Comic-Con here. I bet she likes the Green Ranger from the other ninja show. Oh, but yeah, um, no. And, like, there's, like, a big fandom. Like, I know, like, um, the comic series that started after that recent movie is really good. And, like, I keep meaning, like, pick that up but the recent movie do you know if it was accepted well because i liked it the the recent movie being i think it was like around 2017 the power rangers film we did like an episode on it and like our verdict was kind of like we actually really liked all the parts where they weren't power rangers yeah (laughs) i i think that's a good way to say it uh the story almost felt like separate from power rangers i feel like it was more of like a teen drama and then it was like oh and also you have to wear these overly complicated like washed out power ranger suits it almost felt like a super eight or something much more like that and like they're doing a second one or a reboot i'm not sure but more power to them i guess yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah this was uh like i said this was my first time really watching any power ranger shows in order and you know i i have a respect for it now in that i know what it is now i've always respected that it has its fans and so it must have some lasting appeal and i think that anything with the suits and all the character design gets that lasting appeal because i don't know if it's nostalgic or something like that but it is interesting yeah and like i will always to the moon and back like just talk about my respect for the stunt people both Mm -hmm. in the suits in the big like robot suits just people in like a playground they do such great work and there's like um we should actually um move towards wrapping up so blake um where can they find you when you're not talking about stunt field shows full of heroes well whenever i'm not talking about those kind of shows i'm usually talking about pop lyrics rap lyrics country lyrics just pretty much if you put out a song, we probably will look at it if it isn't our favorite. And you can find us on anywhere that you find a podcast under the name Hear Me Daddy. It's a silly name, but uh, kind of fun. And uh, we also have an Instagram at Hear Me Daddy. But yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But thank you so much for having me on the show. It was really fun. Um, love to have you come on one day and join us to look at some music. Absolutely. I have a great number of songs that would probably twist you up, hopefully, I think. But uh, yeah. Um, Thank you so much for being on. It was great to have you. And um, you can find me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge, the podcast at Come Ride With Me, ComeRideWithMe.com, and sending questions to podcast at ComeRideWithMe.com. We're getting ready for another question-heavy episode, and uh, we are... Still doing our drive for some more five-star reviews. We have a couple cool options for a, a, a like great bonus episode. Like um, 
one was like the Japanese dub of King of the Hill, which we're really excited if that one gets picked. And yeah, just um, thank you all for listening. And um, how we end our show, Blake, is we like try to think of a crime. I'm not sure why anymore, but um, just like a watch Power Rangers and do a crime. Just like so, what crime matches what we've watched today? The crime would pro. Oh, oh, I got a good one. So. And this is actually from the, I don't know if this is a crime, but it should be. At one point in the show, Rita is very happy with Rito, which I believe Canon is her brother. And she says, ah, oh, I'm so happy I could kiss you. And so I guess this, I guess the crime is uh, familial relations. So try not to do it. <laughs> so watch Power Rangers and commit incest or watch Power Rangers and don't? Hey, you should always learn from the shows you watch and don't repeat history. Watch Watch Power Power Rangers Rangers and don't don't commit commit incest. incest.